the DI Guys podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. Hi, this is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this edition of the DI Guys podcast. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Mike Coggle. Mike, before we get started, I've got to ask you about your trip to Mount Rushmore with the family. Chris, thanks for asking. Wanted to take my children to Rushmore because I think it's important to see as many, not only historical monuments, but also as many national parks as you can possibly see. Everybody takes your child, and I've done this, by the way, so I'm not that guy, to Universal to Disney and everything else. But you know what? They were really, really impressed with Rushmore itself. Um, it was a phenomenal trip. They actually wanted to go to the Badlands, which, you know, is another 30 miles east, which is a very interesting part of the world because as I was there 50 years ago as a 10-year-old, now I'm 60, imagining it when I was a child as like, this must be what Mars looks like. And my children basically said the same thing that I said 50 years ago. They go, Dad, if somebody rode up on a horse – and they came into this because the Badlands, the Prairie Lands, Chris just stopped and the Badlands begin and it looks like Mars. And they, and my daughter goes, Dad, how'd they get around this? <laughs> what did they do? Like, I, this is, this is a really strange part of the world. So all in all, the trip was phenomenal. I obviously wasn't there for the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. I was there 10 days later and it was pretty much business as usual in South Dakota. It's a very beautiful part of the world. Uh, a little bit smoky, just like it still is here. We're starting to break up with the haze. I always got to tell you the weather. We're going to have an all-time hottest August ever in the history of Denver, Colorado, of days above 95. May cool off tomorrow. And uh, last but not least, some of the wildfires in Colorado are starting to be contained. I hope the same is true in uh, California. And I wish everybody that lives in the southeast with hurricanes and everything else happening. It's early season still, and it's already worth the M's, I guess, for noted hurricanes that being said chris we wish everybody there as, as you do too or as well wish them well and uh, be safe because even with COVID 19 you and i talked about this probably for 25 weeks the world continues to spin and the same things happen with or without a virus you know dominating our daily life so with that thank you for asking so much about rushmore it was a wonderful trip had a great time Easy to social distance when you go to national parks, so that part was still good. I will say that my family and I, we live in the city of Denver. We were like the only ones with masks on, <laughs> which I found kind of funny. Uh, we kind of, we got the looks. We didn't get publicly shamed, but we got the looks for wearing masks because most people didn't have them on where I was. So with that, let's kick this disability income protection session off this morning and have a conversation about what's going on and what you can do right now today to continue to try to prospect and work for clients or to try to get clients in the world of income protection. You know, Mike, it's a great point because something you just said is the world continues to go on, and that's true in the financial services industry. And so you and I have talked about it a lot over the last several months regarding, you know, now is a great time to be having these conversations with prospects and clients. But the question we always get is, what do I need to do to do a better job of prospecting for, for income protection or disability insurance type clients? And, and Mike, I know you were recently on a, a national conference and, and you shared some ideas. So I thought maybe we could start out there. 
what you told them about how they can do a better job of prospecting for disability insurance. Chris, thank you. And if you're, it might not be a better job, it could be just a different way. And one of the items that we discussed, and again, yes, on this call, and I've, I've learned this from producers, not just me thinking of it. So this goes out to people that do retail way more than I do and that are actual producers. And I keep hearing over and over that, you know, you can prospect and you can do phone conversations, but to do a full financial plan usually requires more than one or two meetings. It could actually even require a CPA, as you well know, an attorney, trust documents, wills, um, to do a full financial plan is going to take more than one or two meetings. I think you would agree. To actually get it implemented, put it in place, and it's going to take time because oftentimes somebody's not going to write the one big check, like here's my carte blanche check, now you invest the money where it needs to go. Because there's a lot of moving parts. There could be annuities for some. There's just regular stock market. There's Roth versus regular 401k or IRA or SEPs, ESOPs. I mean, the list goes on and on. To do that on a phone conversation or a Zoom call could be rather discombobulating for the client. And I would think that it would be hard to get done. Now, I could be wrong. People could be doing this wildly successfully every single day. I, I, I would just find that if somebody was trying to get my money right now, let's we'll say my money as a financial plan, I'd have a hard time writing a check for anything, Chris, without, not for anything. I take that back. But for all of all of what I have to do, I really want to meet you. I probably want to like break bread, at least have a cup of coffee, have those kinds of conversations. So we start talking about what do you do now? And this was brought up to me a while ago, and I think it's it's not a bad idea. Every single person pretty much has a physician or two or three, depending if you've got a family, you've got pediatricians, you've got a family care, you've got a, a, a married and your spouse, she will make it as she has a gynecologist. Everybody has a physician or, or is in contact with some physician, some doctor, somebody they know, and oftentimes it's personal. And the same is true with a dentist. So I'm going to put just those two in the medical category of, of medicine. And, and what we were talking about is this is a great place for you to begin to prospect if you so desire and talk to your doctor about that doctor that you sold disability or if you have disability insurance, doctor, clients, or dentist. And when I say doctor, I'm referring to both. And talk to them about income protection for a couple of minutes. You don't have to call them up to sell them anything. Just say, you know, remember when and during all this COVID and everything that's gone on, Remember when you bought your disability contract, and I'm asking you this for a reason, and the doc's always going to say, yeah, I remember. I got hammered from the time I was in medical school until the time I actually bought it from you, Mike, um, you know, 15 years ago. Still sometimes don't know why I bought it. You'll hear that as a joke most of the time from physicians. Um, I pay a lot of money for it. You hear all of those good things. I've heard them a million times from all of my friends who are physicians. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I want to just mention something to you. You just said, I got hammered on this from the time I was in medical school until I finally bought it from you. And then you still get hammered on for other people to replace what I sold you and have other people sell you something different, new and better, greater, longer, all of the above. It never ends. You're one of the only professions, one of the only professions, Dr. Smith, and I'll name it Dr. Smith, and it's a at the moment, forgive me. Dr. Smith, you're one of the only professions I know that is totally aware of income protection and disability insurance. And the reason is, is because you are in the 90 plus percentile as an occupation of people buying it. It's probably 93 or 94 if I had accurate information today. For everybody that's eligible, it's absolutely in the 90s. 
you're made aware of it from the time you start medical school until the time you purchase it. Think about all the friends that you have that are outside the world of medicine, where your kids go to school, the, the gym you belong to, the, the, the swimming pool that you hang out in, the country club you go to, your social circle, the people outside the medical world that you, you, you work with. You know, they've never heard of income protection, and it got me to thinking about this, especially during this COVID-19 pandemic that, you know what, nobody has the crystal ball, and things can happen at any time to anybody. And I was just wondering if it wouldn't be too much to ask. You've got some friends, kids, they've got families just like you, that if I couldn't get some names from you as referrals and use you as my referral to call some of your friends, and I really only want to talk about this one specific thing, because the crystal ball thing has just resonated with me that nobody has it. You don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how it's going to happen. Your family's protected and you get, and you eventually get hurt or sick. What about all your other friends that are outside the medical profession? Most of them, I would venture a guess, have never had the opportunity to say yes, meaning they've never had the opportunity to say yes to buy income protection because it's probably never been presented to them. I would like the opportunity to singularly present that or educate your friends on what's available, why it's important, because you already know why it's important, and how they can go about getting this product and knowing what it does in the event they get hurt or sick and can't go to work. Would that be okay with you? Chris, you're only going to get one of two answers. Sure, I'll come up with a list, or sure, I can think of four or five people, or no, Mike, I'm not comfortable with doing that at all. During this time of sitting in our homes, what else do we have to do, Chris? So that is one of the ways I think that you can go to your dentist or your doctor and say, you've been aware of this for years, but I got to tell you, outside of your profession, the world doesn't know this exists. And it's got me to thinking about this really hard for all the people in the United States of America that don't have income protection because of total lack of awareness that it exists. I want people to have the opportunity to take care of their family just as you do and the opportunity to say yes if they so desire in the event they get hurt or sick that their family's life isn't shattered forever. What do you think? Something along those lines, Chris. What do you think? You know, Mike, it is so simple, right? It's just, and it goes back to just asking for referrals. Now, the challenge, you and I both know this, Mike, is that agents and advisors won't ask the question because they're afraid of what the answer might be, i.e., no, I don't want to do it. And you think about it, I, I really, you know, I've talked about this before is I think it's our duty right now to have those conversations. And yeah, some people are going to say no, but a lot of people are going to say yes. And then I want to take this a step further, Mike, is I think that's a great place, you know, to get referrals. And you and I have said this before, if you're looking to prospect for income protection, make sure you've taken care of your best clients and all of their needs are taken care of, whether it's personal DI, business overhead expense, uh, buy, sell, key person if they happen to be a business owner. And then once you've done that, you can do the exact, have the exact same conversation to your non-doctor clients that you just described, Mike. So the reality is, is that there are an almost an unlimited amount of opportunities to ask people for referrals. And that's just going to start to fill that prospect pipeline to have conversations regarding a specific product at a very unique time in our history and our economy. 
Chris, I've also got, if we have time this morning, I've got one more place to search for potential clients, if you're interested. I'd love it. Anybody that's my age or your age, Chris, has been in the business a very long time, has lots and lots and lots of clients. If you've been around 30 years, without mistake, you have a lot of clients. This was another one I've learned because of we have three generations for the first time ever working in the outside world, in the regular world, not outside world, in the regular world. And then we've got boomers, we got Xers or Yers, whichever people want to call them. We'll call them Xers for our things, and millennials. Three generations of totally different people doing totally different things. Throw the advent of technology in, and it's my technology skill sets are okay, but they're not as good as my 12-year-old daughter's. That's just the way it works. Um, you know, if I need a background on a Zoom call, Chris, you know this. I have my daughter show me how to do it. Versus me hunting and pecking. I know it's right there somewhere, but why look when I have the resource to do it? This is another place. Go to the resources which you've had for 30 years. Your clients. Your clients that if they're 50, 55, 60 years of age, 65, they have one, most of the time, one of two things or both. They have children and they have grandchildren. And what I'm learning about the millennial world is they'll do an awful lot of things on their own, but they are researchers. They are researchers. But they're not going to research income protection because that is not something you type into Google and go looking for on a regular basis as a 26-year-old. Would you say that's fair? Unless you already have a condition. I would agree. But they're financially aware of what's going on with their surroundings. They're financially aware of their surroundings. And I tell people this. It's, it's Part of it's because of my generation and yours. We damn near lost our houses in 2008-9. Remember? Yep. Mortgage crash. I mean, we didn't. You and I didn't lose our homes, but hundreds of thousands of people did. And people got really nervous. Jobs were disappearing. The market was crashing and crashing and crashing. So imagine what it was like when you were, again, 2008. That's 12, 13 years ago. Imagine when you're 12 or 13 years old sitting around the dinner table listening to your parents talk about this every night. Does it leave you or does it stay with you forever? It's going to stay with you. Of course. So this financial responsibility in this world of millennials it's stronger, I think, than a lot of people realize, or maybe you all out there listening do realize it. My point is, is you go to the parents or the grandparents of a child that's getting ready to sit for the CPA exam, that's getting ready to be a board-certified engineer, to become a, a an architect, to become a, a drug rep manufacturer, graduating from college with a good job somewhere, to become something, to become a medical doctor, to go to medical school. To become a lawyer, I think you get my point. They're not aware of this. So go to your clients and say, you know the best thing, Sue, that you can do for your son is you can buy him an income protection policy. Right now today, it'll probably cost you 500 bucks, and you pay for it until they're completely on their feet because they're graduating from college and starting their first job. They're not going to know why or what you bought. Two things that I've said in the past, Chris, that really make sense is – the likelihood of being fully insurable at 26 or 27 is much greater than in 58 or 59. Two is the prices for that amount you're getting is locked forever. Three is you buy that for them as a gift. And then over time, they will understand the importance. And let's say you do it for two or three years. They're not going to lapse. And you tell them in time, you need to pay for this yourself and here's why. And you just go forward. And I always tell people, if you want to make it really simple, here's the reason. Because I don't want my daughter living in my basement, and my daughter doesn't want to live in my basement. And in the event that somebody gets hurt or sick like my daughter and can't work, where are they going to go? This keeps them independent, keeps them going. You can still be the great parent, 
but you're giving them the greatest gift you can possibly give. And that's their insurability for the rest of their working career. And in the world of insurance, Chris, you've heard me say this more than once. I don't think there's anything more important that you can do. So if you've got grandchildren or children out there, and your clients specifically do, it's time to get them a policy now. It's only a few hundred dollars. I know it's not luxurious, but you as the agent out there can explain to why this is important and how life changes. Because as you go through life, health changes for everybody. You know, as I've said, you've heard me say it before, Benjamin Button's just a movie. So life doesn't work that way. You go the other direction. And to give them the greatest gift from an insurance perspective is to protect their income. Protect their income. Think about this. For the rest of their working career, you tell me a greater gift for a few hundred dollars a year. Hey, Mike, without naming names, didn't you uh, used to work with an underwriter who actually bought it on his son for the exact reasons you talked about? Yes, and now that son, this was about four years ago, and yes, I did work with an underwriter, um, and yes, he did do it, and his son now pays for it himself because he understood after about two or three jobs, started a microbrewery, did some other things, I think, um, has become an entrepreneur, now fully gets it, pays for it himself, and is really glad he has it. And yeah. he doesn't ever want to use it just like everybody else. But you know what? It's part of his bill-paying list, just like getting groceries. It's it's mortgage utilities, groceries, and insurance premiums. It's done. If I remember the story correctly, is that underwriter said the reason I'm buying it because I don't want him to have to have to live in my basement should something bad happen to him. Chris, I stole that from him. I did. Mark, I thank you for that out there in the East Coast. If you ever listen to my podcast, but yeah, I stole that from Mark, and uh, I'll continue to use it this day. My kid doesn't want to live in my basement, and I don't want him there. <laughs> I love that. Well, Mike, I, I I really like this episode just because again we've gotten so many questions about okay, guys, we're buying into what you're saying. But how do I get started or what's the next step I have to take to start having these conversations? And Mike, I think you've laid out some great ideas for our listeners just to, to take that first step, whether, you know, it's their physician, dental clients, if it's their current clients about their need to protect their income, or if it's the current clients who they need to talk about their, their kids and their grandkids. So there, there, I think you'll agree with me. There's no reason that our listeners can't have a ton of phone calls in the near future just to have those conversations. Hopefully, Chris, I agree. I think we gave everybody that listens to this podcast at least one person to go to and have that conversation with. Awesome, Mike. Mike, I look forward to our next episode. Chris, thank you and enjoy.